When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Thursday on the horn, buck on to you people. Yeah, we can call you you people. You're our people. Great contributions on the Specs text line this morning for uh, fictional bars and restaurants, including a ton that came in over the top of the hour break. Monks from Seinfeld again, Krusty Krab, SpongeBob, Al Bundy's Jiggle, Jiggly Club. Back to Married with Children in the day. Skeeter's Bar on South Park is a good one. How about I go all the way back to the 70s with you, Mike Craven, and bring you from one of my uh, childhood favorite shows. Dukes of Hazard, the Boar's Nest. Boar's Nest. That's where uh, Daisy Duke worked and yeah. wore the Daisy Dukes. That's where they hung out. The Boar's Nest was always because you know if you're doing a sitcom or a TV show, you've got to have a cool little hangout place. Yes, absolutely. Got to have that. It's kind of a central. And we found out from you yesterday, Mike Craven, that before you became a sports writer, you were wanted to be a screenwriter. And I write, did uh, write. Uh, creative what uh, tv movies what yeah i want to do tv movies i had worked on a, a tv show um i kind of ran into a guy just actually on orangebloods.com uh who had written on, on a couple shows for hbo we kind of hooked up we're working on some stuff and uh yeah then the writer strike happened and i needed money because i was like 23 years old so i took the money that uh, they had given me option went to went to vegas had maybe the greatest week of my life. We can't talk about it here on this show, but uh, that was pretty awesome. Came back and then started working at the Taylor Daily Press and the Hutto News. <laughs> we, we can't talk. Okay, so can we, we? So you took the money with it was advanced to you. Yeah, because you get in advance, right? Like, sure. yeah, they they, they option it that way. You can't shop it out, and that doesn't mean they're going to make it, right? There's no guarantee they're, they're, they're ever going to make putting this it show. In, in, on hold because um, they kind of yeah. like it. But right. You get a little cash to keep right. it. Keep and it this was wraps. this was back when streaming was just taking off, so they were buying everything. It wasn't that the script was excellent or anything. They were just buying anything that you sent to them. Basically, what was it about? Uh, it was kind of workaholicsy. Okay. I still get mad when I see workaholics on TV because it was basically that. But was with it two before people. workaholics? What's that? Was this before work? Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, this was like 07, uh when when this when all this went down, um, and then that that the writer strike happened, and you know I you know I helped start the the union at the Statesman. I wasn't going to be the guy who like started his career by like walking across this picket line and making everybody <laughs> else mad, right? I was only 23 years old. And they had given me you know it wasn't a lot of money, it was like five thousand dollars. But when you're 23 years old, that's a ton of money. Ton of money. So me and two buddies went to Vegas and just I mean I didn't come back with a dime. I think I went into my own pocket by the time <laughs> that's uh, we were back. We were back from Las Vegas, yeah, um, and then I needed money. And, and sports writing is at least consistent. You know, you get a you get a paycheck every two weeks. You know, if you're writing movies, you're writing scripts. You may make some money one year, make no money the next couple of years. Um, and so, I just assumed I would get back into the creative writing thing. Uh, then I ended up getting sober, uh, been been clean for like eight years, and I always found you. that uh, creative writing for me, at least, 
was much harder to do uh, from then on out. Interesting. And uh, now you're a tremendous sports writer. Uh, A lot of uh, suggestions on uh, bands who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are are not. Also, the the Guess Who was mentioned. Uh, Peter Frampton, who should be in, without a doubt. Um, The Foreigner is not in, but should be. Agreed, 100%. We learned something about one another in the uh, break that you're not fond of much in the 80s. Because it's funny, you're 40, correct, this year? 38. 38, almost 40. I'm 50 this year. So we're 12 years apart, and it really is different. I mean, it's amazing how much that separates. Like, I am big into all the 80s music, and like today is May the 4th, so may the 4th be with you, Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Uh, I remember I was huge into Star Wars as a kid, the first three, right? The originals, um, Star Wars, and then Empire Strikes Back, and uh, you know the first three uh, had the lunchboxes and the bed sheets and all that, because when the first Star Wars came out, I think I was seven or six or seven years old. I mean, it was huge for me and my brother, my older brother, but I, I didn't keep up with it. I didn't keep, you know, I, I those for those three, and then that's it, but everything for me is 80s. Most things for you are 90s, so you're mostly yeah. 90s, and so that's where you got into hip-hop music and, yeah. uh, you know... Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all those. I liked all those bands. They they were just coming out when I was in college. Yeah, I was born in 85, so by the time I could start having my own taste, it was the early 90s. We were living in Houston for a few years there because my parents work, and so I really got into rap music there. But some of it just came from contrarianism. Like my, my parents are very young. Like Both of my parents were only 18 years older than me. So all of my dad's favorite things were 80s stuff. And so being a kid with a little bit of a rebellion streak, I wasn't going to listen to country music. I was going to find the exact opposite of that, which happened to be rap music. There you go. Uh, I wasn't going to watch things like Star Wars, you know, because he loved that stuff, you know. And so some of it was just that, right? Just a young kid trying to find his like own stuff to be cool. They didn't think that stuff was cool, you know. Like, what are you doing, little white boy, listening to all this rap music and stuff? Like they they didn't understand that, and I think that made it uh, more more fun for me. Like we were talking about yesterday, I loved the Miami Hurricanes, even though hey, we were talking that your was first my first sports memory, and you right. co- you were five years old right. for the Cotton Bowl, the Shock the Nation tour, yeah. and you were quietly rooting for Miami. Yeah, the Fab Five, the Fab Five at Michigan, you know. Like that's I thought all that stuff was cool. Like Ric Flair was my favorite wrestler, you know, and so uh, I was always into the heels, always into the bad guys, always into a little bit of, of an attitude. All right, well there you go. Learning about Mike Craven this morning, which uh, in addition to his work at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, my co-host on the uh, the newly started Eyes on Texas Multicast, which is going to focus on Texas football, which we're going to focus on coming up here in our coaches' corner, uh, and they're just pouring in. <laughs> Roper's Regal Beagle keeps being mentioned from the seventies. You guys have no idea what Roper's Regal Beagle is, but that's from Three's Company. I do love how about, the name. How about... Uh, I know, I was thinking, I, I should open a Regal Beagle out Onion Creek way. I want the Hogan's Regal Beagle. and it's, uh, Regal Bagels. <laughs> yeah. Go I mean, ahead. This, is, this is a real place, but Club Karma in Jersey Shore. Okay. We've been, I've been rewatching Jersey Shore with my girlfriend in the past few days. Why? Yeah. It's it's entertaining. <laughs> okay. I, it's, it's a good show. Uh, Cheers Bar has been mentioned again. Los Poyos. Hermanos from Breaking Bad, good yes, one. Yes, yes. Uh, how about Bada Bing, of course, from Sopranos, has been mentioned over and over. I think that might be the winner when it's all said and done. What's a cooler place than the Bada Bing in Sopranos? It's about as good as it gets. Uh, all right, let's get to the headlines, trending topics, and we're diving into that coach's corner talking some college football. UBO Business Services, NBA, zero drama last night with this one game on the card, and it wasn't actually much of a game. Boston Celtics responded to their game one home loss to Philadelphia, came out with an angry brand of basketball last night and overwhelmed the 76ers, 121-87. Jalen Brown led the way with 25. They spoiled the return of the newly named league MVP, Joel Embiid, who scored 15 points in 26 minutes, but still long series, 1-1. They head back to Philadelphia. One game tonight on the card as well, but a big one out west, Golden State, hosting the LA Lakers in game two of the Western Conference semifinals. Lakers, of course, stole game one 
on the road on Tuesday night. Texas football news this morning where that uh, the Horns have added a special teams piece to their recruiting class for 2024. A commitment from a punter uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. St. Thomas Aquinas punter Michael Kern ranked as one of the top five prep punters in the nation, committed to the Longhorns for next year. Pro baseball, Longhorns and uh, Rangers and Astros both dropped series-ending matinees yesterday afternoon. Arizona beat the Rangers. Uh, Giants beat the Astros in the rubber game of that series. Round Rock split a day-night doubleheader in Reno. And hockey, Carolina and Vegas posted wins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. At HEB Center at Cedar Park last night, Texas Stars finished off a three-game sweep of Rockford in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. 4-2 to two was the final. Now await the winner of the Milwaukee-Manitoba series. In the NFL, interesting piece of news out of Dallas. At a charity event yesterday. Cowboy star Micah Parsons told reporters that he's skipping the team's voluntary off-season program in order to work out here in Austin to focus on bulking up, adding weight to play defensive end full-time in 2023. And a developing story from soccer and Lionel Messi apparently done and out of PSG. The 35-year-old's contract set to expire this summer. Messi apparently has been in discussions with the Saudi Arabian government about joining the Saudi Pro League. Reports suggest Messi could make as much as $400 million annually. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. So, yeah, I mean, those, those live golfers did pretty good, but uh, Messi about to do really good with uh, the, the Saudi Arabian cash. If you want to take it, they'll give it to you. You know what I'm saying? Well, and PSG is owned by the Qatarians, you know, so it's not like he's going <laughs> going from like some Golden Gate to where he's going next, you know. And, and I think that's why the World Cup had such a pushback when it was in Qatar, right? Like this was the whole plan uh, was to kind of sports wash some of these issues, make it a little bit more um, okay. Palatable. You're right, to go play that way. Cristiano, Ronaldo going and doing it, I think, set the stage. Now if Messi goes and then all of a sudden that league – uh, will be taken relatively seriously. You know, there's not a lot of depth, not a lot of talent there yet, but with that kind of money, you can you can absolutely become one of the four or five well, most that, important soccer leagues in the world. Well, and the, the spigots of, of black gold never stop there, yeah. so the money will never run out. The amount and, of money that is over, I mean, it's just it's staggering. I don't even know if it's measurable. Yeah, staggering is a great word for it. And remember, uh, hearing Messi at $400 million, remember they offered Tiger Woods $800 million to f- be the face of the Live Tour. And that got a bunch of debate. And, of course, Tiger turned that down. They are, who knows what they offered Jack Nicholas before Greg Norman took the, the mantle of the, the face of the operation. But they, they on several occasions, you know, Jack Nicholas admitted he had to turn, turn down a lot of money. Um, but, you know, messy 35, end of his career, going to cash in for sure. Generational wealth there. All right, let's dive into the Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultation and our good buddy Tom McKay. Audiovisual consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. By the way, I saw that. Uh, actually, I heard Tom McKay call Craig's show yesterday, and they were talking about uh, hockey. So Tom McKay went to the Dallas Stars game that ended up in overtime on Tuesday night. <laughs> I think he probably went to the game last night at the uh, at the, the Cedar Park Center, HGB Center at Cedar Park, to see the Texas Stars. That guy's uh, you know burning both ends, which. Uh, Appreciate Tom McKay and his partnership here on the Horn. Hey, uh, Mike, your your day job, your RJ, as we like to call it, the real job is Dave Campbell's Texas football. And as we've said, for the month of April, you went all over the state and visited with coaches and players and peeked in on spring practice, got a look at the 2023 version of these teams. And uh, let's go through some thoughts that you have. I mean, start with the Longhorns because that was your final stop. 
you, you come back home and you were going to got a you had about a twenty minute sit down with Sark and talk to some players. What was your read and takeaway from uh, the afternoon you spent with the Longhorns? Now, there's a lot of confidence in that room, you know, and they're not shying away from the expectations or talking about the expectations. Jordan Whittington, when I asked him what the expectations should be for the, for UT going into 2023, he said Big 12 national championship. And then just stop talking, right? Like that's that's where they feel they should. Jalen Ford was the same. That we know how much we have in this room, and if we don't achieve what I think we can achieve, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get over it. Were, were his words, and so, and then you talk to Sark, and you listen to Sark all spring, and he doesn't seem like a coach who's. You know, trying to push those away, you know, trying to add some governors, trying to add a little, well, you know, we're this or we're that, or we're going to have to figure that. You know, he's pretty confident in that, you know, the guys that they have in the room, and I think it's the reason we haven't seen much transfer news on the football field for them as well. The guys that they have in that room, they feel are plenty capable of going and winning the Big 12. And if you can go and win the Big 12, maybe you can get into the college football playoff. TCU proved that the year before. Baylor almost proved that the year before that. And so um, that was what I was most. Um, I, I took away, I guess, was the idea of a lot of times you go into these buildings, you start talking about expectations and everything that they have there, and they'll push back on you a little bit to kind of slow those downs or pump the brake on them. Uh, Texas feels like they're they're embracing those, and that feels like a good thing. That's a different deal, right? And they've got depth. They have competition. I think when you have those two things, it allows you to be confident. Depth and competition. And to your point of Jordan Whittington, he's going to be a fascinating guy to follow this year because he's, he's not the best receiver on the team. I mean, X-Man... Um, now Donnie Mitchell coming in, A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, but he's just one of the pieces. But, you know, I, we played the video, the audio after the spring game, the orange-white scrimmage, where he got really emotional talking to those guys about the choice he made to come back. And he doesn't feel like maybe he gave it all last year that, you know, he, he got to do a little soul-searching. I just find it really important for Texas, when we talk about player-led teams, well, what, what, what motivates the player? Because it feels to me like the Longhorns at pretty much every position – they have a player that could have left that came back. And all of them are the ones you just mentioned saying Big 12 championship or bust is what the mindset is. And Jordan Whittington would be one of them. He could have moved on and, and tried his hand at the NFL. He came back. Uh, Christian Jones at right tackle could have gone, came back. Um, you know, on the um, and wide receiver, I think Adonis Mitchell's an example of a guy that came here, wanted to be closer to home and back in Texas. But man, that guy brings championship medal. That guy knows how to get it done and what it takes to get it done. In each one of the positional rooms, there's a guy that you would think is going to be the coach in the room, essentially. That when the coaches aren't around, they should be the guys leading. Jalen Ford at linebacker, Devondre Sweat at defensive tackle. Um, you know, the defensive backfield is so deep. Those things are, you know, for, for a coaching staff that's now been mostly in place for three years. That can be important because you, the coaches aren't always around. And this this summer will be a big part of that. When the coaches aren't there all the time, are these leaders really stepping up and pushing the, the, the envelope that, look, that's not good enough, right? I mean, you know, raising the bar. And the good teams are led by the offensive line and the defensive line. Those are the biggest guys in the room. They're the toughest guys in the room. They're the ones that can get everybody you know, together, quiet them down, get them on the same page if they need to, show a little bit of tough love. And you look at Texas, and they're finally in the position to have some leadership along the offensive line, the defensive line that they just hadn't had in ten years. You know, uh, Jake Majors has thirty around thirty starts. Christian Jones, you mentioned earlier, over thirty starts. Everyone on that offensive line has started at least ten games because even the true freshmen last year, Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson, were able to get in thirteen starts. And so the offensive line uh, should be able to fill some of those voids left by Bajon Robinson, Rashawn Johnson to give that unit some toughness. And then on defense, Byron Murphy is poised, in my opinion, to have a real breakout season. He's a good leader to Vondre. Baron Sorrell is a junior now with a year under under his cap. Uh, Jalen Ford, obviously a, a senior leader. 
And then Anthony Hill's a young guy, but he was somebody with that reputation uh, at Denton Ryan as, as a team leader. And so uh, it feels like the big guys in the front are, are, are more prepared and more confident than ever to lead this team. And that's been something that has not been true at Texas you know, since Casey Studdard was on campus. Feels like it. Feels like it. And uh, uh, interesting thoughts there. I, I mean, the, the lines of scrimmage. But, you know, I, I think it's fair to say the, the finisher for this conversation is that the ceiling is the quarterback play. I mean, if Quinn Ewers plays up to the, the capability by, you know, emerges, immerses himself in the system and, you know, runs the Sark offense, I think the sky's the limit because I think uh, they're really good, especially in the Big 12 where they're really – there are some good teams. I don't know that there's another team that, that has the ceiling that they have. Speaking of that, the teams the Longhorns will play that you saw, uh, you went to Rice. Did. Mike Bloomgren, uh, head coach there. JT Daniels to be the head coach. I mean, this should be an easy win for Texas, but what would you take away from the Owls? Yeah, Rice is in, a, is in a great position for Rice, right? I mean, you know, everything's relative. You know, they're trying to get to six wins in the American. They were able to make a bowl last year, five and seven on the APR. Uh, but had their defense played any better, they'd probably win six or seven games. You know, JT Daniels coming in as, as a starting quarterback is going to be big for them. Rice has started more quarterbacks than any other FBS program in the last five years. They've just had a ton of injuries, a lot of inconsistencies there. Uh, Bloomgren was the OC at Stanford when Daniels was kind of coming up in high school so he was actually the first person to ever offer JT Daniels a scholarship and he said he offered one every single time he got into the transfer portal and like the fifth time's the charm was his joke um, so I think Rice is going to be better obviously nothing you know Texas needs to worry about in terms of you know wins or losses but that's going to be a solid test they have some weapons on the outside Christian McCaffrey's brother is their star wide receiver uh, Luke McCaffrey Bradley Rosner if y'all recognize that name from the high school ranks he's still in high school or still in college, he's on his eighth year uh, there. <laughs> eighth year, um, yeah, yeah, kind of like what we were talking about with Frank Harris yesterday, That's where you get those medical red shirts and the red shirts and the COVID yeah. year. Um, and so, uh, you know, Rice is going to be better. Uh, does better mean six, seven, eight wins? I don't know, uh, but they feel pretty confident that this is their best team since uh, 2013, 2014. Interesting overview, and yeah, can we now call JT Daniels officially the f- college football's first journeyman right-hander? You know, in baseball, you call these guys journeyman right-hander, journeyman left-hander. He's a journeyman. He's yeah. a journeyman playing on yeah. his fourth or fifth different team. Uh, all right, all from the state of Texas, you visited Waco uh, with Dave Aranda. This one is a really interesting group here because uh, Longhorns will play them in September. Remember. Early game in McLean Stadium, kind of an early litmus test. The Longhorns will certainly get one at Alabama two weeks previous, but then their opening conference play in Waco against Dave Aranda's Baylor Bears, who have been, if you're looking at a graph, I mean, they were way down, then way up, and then way back down right. last year. Where are they going to be this year? You ever seen Indiana Jones? Of course. Uh, 80s. Come on. Okay, yeah, we were just talking. Okay, so he, he when I was talking to Aranda, he mentioned the scene where, you know, you kind of walk into the town, and the town splits, and then you see that guy with that fancy sword doing all those fancy tricks, and, you know, you want to be that guy, right? And he was like, you see TCU doing all this fun stuff, and you want to be that guy. You see Texas with all those toys, and you want to be that guy. Well, we're Baylor. We're just the dude with the gun. You know, and like we need to be the bully. We need to be the power team. I think they got away from that a little bit last year. He was hesitant to take transfers. Dave Aranda is an interesting cat. You know, he he was he's talking. A different one, yeah. He's a different dude, and he was talking to me about. You know, two people come from things from the side of love or the side of truth, and he likes to come from things from the side of love. And he thought if he told transfers yes. That was telling his current players no. Like, if I take a transfer linebacker, that's me telling my linebackers on campus that they're not good enough. And so he tried to not do many transfers going from 2021 to 2022, and it bit him in the butt. 
You know, they just were not good. They did not replace a, a, a Terrell Bernard or a JT Woods or Jalen Petrie uh, with adequate players. And so going into this year, they got heavier in the transfer portal. They got you know over a dozen guys that they feel are, are going to make an impact that should help them a lot on the skill position and, and on defense. But it's the offensive line. They lost four other five starters on the offensive line. They did bring in a couple dudes. If that offensive line can get back to 2021, Baylor's always going to be a tough team to beat. You know, they got Richard Reese at running back. They're going to be able to run the football. That wide zone can be interesting and hard to stop, uh, but they need the offensive line to be able to do it. Uh, interesting. Longhorns' last game of, of the season last year and regular season was Baylor, and they're going to open the Big 12 play with Baylor this year. And whatever Dave Aranda has, does look like Blake Shapin will be their quarterback yeah. again. Uh, they didn't. We talked to our buddy Craig Smoke up there in Waco coming out of the spring, and you know, the, the competition not great. I mean, they're, they're not really optimistic about the quarterback. But Blake Shapin has talent. Can he get back to playing like he did the year they won the uh, SEC? Cha- uh, they won the uh, Big 12 and played and beat uh, what? Uh, who they beat in the Old Sugar Miss. Bowl? Old Miss, Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Because like, Shapin played really good, and he did, did. But did he get you know a little bit lax with? Because remember, speaking of being too nice, um, you know, Bohannon was the, the starter there in, in, at the beginning of the year, the year they won the the Big 12. And, uh, you know, Dave Aranda was so nice to him. He said, look, we're going with shape, and why don't you transfer? Go, look, go, go get a new spot and try to help him. Uh, and be nice about it, but then a lot of people in Waco think that maybe maybe Shapin took his foot off the gas a little bit, knowing that it was his job and uh, didn't have that competition that dr- to drive him to be better. The quarterback needs to be get better. They need they need more vertical passing game. I think adding some outside wide receivers will help that as well. Like their best wide receivers last year were slot guys, and so it, it was hard to get vertical. I do believe we talked too much about the Baylor offense because they were about the exact same last year as they were in twenty twenty one scoring wise. You know they they didn't run the ball as well. You know they had some issues interceptions and stuff, but like scoring points per game they were about the same. The difference was on the defensive side, and that's why Ron Roberts got fired. And that's Dave Aranda's dude. Like him and Ron Roberts are tight, and he fired him after the season. Because in that 2021 year, they only allowed 30 or more points one time, and that was 30 points on the dot to TCU in that loss. Last year it was six, maybe even seven times they allowed over 30 points. And so, you know, that defense did not replace Jalen Petrie, did not replace Terrell Bernard, did not replace JT Woods. They feel like they're more talented on that side of the ball going into 2023, and we'll see if that, that makes Baylor a contender. All right, that's Baylor and Rice coming back. We'll uh, pick up the conversation with Houston, TCU, and Texas Tech, the other three teams on the schedule for the Longhorns this year that you saw with your own eyes and talk to the coach. We'll have that on the other side. Continue the coach's corner into the next segment. Also, before the end of the hour, Tiwa in the house this morning will lead us through some hot or not topics, things we've missed halfway through the show. It's B&E on a Thursday. Ball don't lie. Oh, what's with me? Oh, that's where you find out if you got some other children out there. I don't know if I want to do that. I was told I could never do that. I had a friend do it and found out that he got a grandbaby now. Oh, so I'm never doing those. Never I would assume if I had slipped one past the goalie that that young lady would have contacted me by now. I don't, I'm not trying to duck my responsibilities. I don't want to be a deadbeat dad. Oh, they're gonna Someone wait. needs to hit me up. They're going to wait. And a try text to message. Once he's 18, I'm like Jerry Jones. At that point, I'm like, <laughs> see? Weekdays 3 to 7 on the horn. QC Kinetics, folks, buck on to them without a doubt, uh, because QC Kinetics is helping people through their pain, their chronic pain that's just been uh, been a consistent thing, right? I always say with chronic pain, if it's in your knees, uh, uh, your hip, your shoulder, your lower back, it's not if it's going to hurt today, it's just how severe, uh, how bad the pain's going to be, how many pain pills do you actually have to pop today to make it through, um, you know, the, and it's gotten to the point where it's, 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 you know, it's either that or surgery. Well, QC Kinetics is the answer. At least make that phone call and learn about their regenerative medicine, uh, the ability to 
you get in there and uh, use your body's own healthy blood cells, uh, highly concentrated, inject it into the area area to affect change and create the and you know get you through the chronic pain. That's what you're looking to do. The relief you're seeking can be there. All you have to do is call them uh, 593-4303. The phone number it's 512-593-4303. Set up that free consultation. They get you in late this week or early next week. You'll be in there talking to them, asking the questions, getting the answers you want, and then make a decision from there. But at least find out the facts of how regenerative medicine without uh, look. It's not, there's no downtime with regenerative medicine, right? The treatments take place in office and take about 30, 40 minutes or an hour at the most. So you're in and out each day as you go in for those treatments as you begin the process. Um, unlike surgery, it's going to have you you know laid down for, for for weeks at a time, maybe months at a time. Five nine three forty three zero three at QC Kinetics, a spot in Austin and in Round Rock. It's QC Kinetics. It's Bucky and Aaron. A zany, zany bumper there, Ty. I like it. Star Wars. That is Star Wars. Oh, that's cantina. when they're at the bar, right yeah. at the cantina. That's where. Nice job, Ty. We're doing, uh, having some fun with favorite all-time fictional bars, restaurants, pubs, coffee shops, like friends. What was that Central Perk? It was always a good little spot for Jennifer Aniston and the crew to hang out uh, back in the day, so we're having fun with that. This morning, one hour from now, we'll have a conversation with the head baseball coach at the University of Texas, David Pierce, our weekly visit, as they're off to Kansas for one of two remaining Big 12 series the Longhorns have. Uh, they need every win they can get now as they're moving off to Kansas to play the Jayhawks this weekend. We'll talk to Coach Pierce. Of course, that uh, the question now for the Longhorns is, can they make that season-ending series with West Virginia very meaningful because uh, right now West Virginia, surprisingly, uh, sitting atop the Big 12 and, and pretty comfortably right now. They've only lost four conference games so far, the Mountaineers. So uh, Longhorns hoping to take take advantage. We'll talk to him about that and the return and recovery of Tanner Witt and how that is going. Uh, so David Pierce in one hour. But uh, in our coaches' corner, and we're extending that into this, Mike Craven is with us this morning as Buck is out getting ready for the uh, mini mullet open today. Also, the big mullet open is tomorrow. Uh, I will be out there bright and early. To, you know, I think I'm going go to go out there today and get a burger with Travis Tyndall potentially because Travis from Hayes City Store and Ice House is making the the uh, the, the dinner for the mini mullet players. And then uh, we'll do the big event tomorrow. I'll be live there 6 a.m. at the Lost Pines Golf Club. Hi at Lost Pines Resort. So uh, Buck will be back with me tomorrow morning. Well, Mike Craven is here. And uh, Mike, we were talking football. By the way, Gillies and Urban Cowboy mentioned. I like that. This says, may the fourth be with you, Ty. May the fourth be with you. You said you weren't much of a Star Wars person, right? You you were anti anything eighties. Uh, around uh, with the start of COVID, I did start watching the Star Wars. I started from the beginning and watched some Star Wars. It's fine. I th- I wish somebody had explained to me that it was just a western in the sky early on, <laughs> uh, because I would have watched it sooner. Because I do love western shows. Uh, but I've gotten into the Mandalorian. I, I really enjoy the Mandalorian. Andor was a good series, so I've enjoyed the the Disney Plus series, and that kind of retroactively made me go back and watch. Star See, Wars. I, I I enjoy the original. Original six, and I can't get behind any of the new new ones. Well, it's probably because you watched the original six first, and you had like this frame of reference. You know, like I didn't, I don't care yeah. if it's canon or not, right? Like I have no idea what's true or what's not. You know, so none of that stuff bothers me uh, because I don't have a frame of reference. I just, for yeah, it. I just don't know any of these new spinoff characters of no. their. I mean, obviously, I know I, the Mandalorian was okay, but I, I stopped watching it. It just it can, didn't retain my interest. Uh, happy Days, Arnold's. Arnold's and Happy Days. Uh, that, again, you guys, I'm the only one 50 that would know that. Um, you guys probably didn't watch Happy Days with Fonzie back in the day, the Fonz. Uh, speaking of big TV shows, I saw where Kevin Costner, it's official now, he's exiting 
Yellowstone after five seasons. <laughs> Ongoing conflict with Taylor Sheridan, the co-creator. And his wife filed for divorce. I know. What's too? going on with Kevin? It's like, this guy's having a rough one. I mean, he can't get along with his co-creator, Taylor Sheridan. He's forgotten that he's also an actor. He can't. He's like, he, he, like, he, he, he thinks he's actually the character in Yellowstone oh, yeah. when he's really just a Hollywood actor. Yeah, I've seen the, yeah. Has he become John Dutton now? You're right. Well, he like, he's like Mr. <laughs> no, like, oh, Sunbelt, Rusty, you know, it's like, dude, you're just the guy from all the movies. You all know, like, the movies. But yeah, he co-created that. And the word is he just didn't want to work that much anymore. He wanted to film it all, you know. It's very millennial of him. Yes. But uh, now, yeah, he, he leaves Yellowstone and, and his wife of 19 years are finally filed for divorce here within, you know, three or four days for Kevin Costner. Buck off to that. Also on a buck off Thursday, some other buck offs that we like. How about, as we mentioned earlier, the reports now that Bill Belichick made a trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round last Thursday specifically to screw with the Jets. I love this. I mean, now it's a division rival, so there's some, not just gamesmanship here, but there's some strategy because uh, the, the Patriots were picking 14th and the Jets ended up picking 15th after the Aaron Rodgers trade and they swapped picks with the Packers. Uh, they could have been picking 13 ahead of the Patriots, but the trade, they swapped. So the Jets were sitting at 15. The reports and then uh, several league GMs told Sports Illustrated they believed that Belichick made the trade with Pittsburgh, where he went from the 14th pick with New England back to 17, let Pittsburgh come into their spot for the low price of a fourth-round pick. I mean, it wasn't a lot. Uh, was specifically to not let the Jets take uh, Broderick Jones, the big right tackle or the tackle out of Georgia, and he was the last first-round tackle on the board. Jets needed a tackle. Patriots make the move. And look, that's probably pretty smart because uh, you want to be able to get after Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the kid from Georgia is pretty dang good. He's not a Jet now. He's a Steeler. So he's not in your division. Yeah, and exactly. you still got the guy you wanted, the cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. And didn't have to give too much, you know, up for it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think that's uh, to, to keep with our theme, buck on for that one. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, there's no. Uh, this is a dirty pool. Like this is this is the job, right? You're supposed to be beating these teams. Um, if you can keep them from from fixing a need uh, in a league that's hard to address needs at left tackle, uh, then you go ahead and you do that. That's uh, that's 3D chess from Bill Belichick. Yeah, and, uh, and the that's why I love the draft, man. All the the moves that are made and the behind the scenes stuff, and uh, you know Bill Belichick, and and you still get the cornerback you wanted, and uh, uh, you keep the, the the last tackle on the board away from. Uh, uh, by the way, one other NFL draft note. Then we'll get back into these uh, college football conversations. You see, remember the, the the big, the massive tackle from Ohio State, Dewan Jones, six mm-hmm. eight, three thirty. Everybody thought, every, you know, like Pro Football Focus have had him mocked as a for top twenty pick in this draft going in, and he didn't go until like the fourth round to the Browns. So the aftermath of that is apparently he had weight issues at the combine, and then at his pro day workout, he's and he admitted to to, uh, to too many general managers and teams that. His dream was to play in the NBA, not the NFL. So he got to the old dot tag of he doesn't love football. And you know this, Mike, in that sport, at that level, if you don't love football, you're going to hate your job. And if you hate your job playing there, you're going to get whipped. And if you can't keep your weight in shape, I thought that was interesting. That there He was another one of those first-round tackles. That's one the Jets could have taken um, because he was still there. But he slid all the way to Cleveland in the fourth round because of his poor interviews and his passion for the game. I find that interesting. It's one of those deals that it may be true. You just don't say it out loud. You know, there's a lot of guys in the in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball that have plenty of other interests. You know, we talked earlier in the the first hour about Jamar Chase and and Micah Parsons and, and uh, Sewell. 
skipping their skipping their year during COVID, and we all sat there and questioned, you know, like, do they really love football? Is this going to drop them down the board? How are they going to react to professional football if they can't get through college football? Now they're like three of the best players in, at their position in the league, right? Yep. And so, like, I don't know how much is that. I would be more concerned about the weight issues than if he dreamt of being a professional football player or not. Yeah. Uh, I thought that because I remember at the draft going, what about Dewan Jones? Where is he? I mean, he's mocked everywhere to be good and yeah. goes in the fourth round. I figured they found something in his knee or something. Yeah, and maybe That's there was that too. Yeah. I mean, those are the red flags that drop you down. Doesn't mean he still he can't join in the fourth round. He's still going to get an opportunity to go to Cleveland and make it. He still could make be good. It's just uh, trying to eliminate those question marks that high in the draft. All right, uh, Mike, uh, from your tour of all, all the Texas schools for Dave Campbell's Texas football, and the first in our coaches' corner, we spoke about Rice and Baylor. What about Houston? We talked a little bit about Dana Holgerson yesterday. Houston is the next team on the schedule, October twenty-first. That's after the OU game and a bye week. The Longhorns will travel to Houston to play the Cougars. And uh, you you cited a lot of issues with the uh, Cougars at this point, replacing a lot of people. They've lost ten offensive linemen from scholarship in the last two cycles. You know, some of that from graduation, but a decent amount of that from transfers. When I was there. Uh, to do the magazine in, in Dana Holgerson's office, he has up the depth chart, and next to the depth chart, he has like some slots where you know you fill in you know one through twenty five scholarship opportunities available. Well, now with the portal, that goes past twenty five, and it went up to thirty eight for him. And he has markers of what positions are available. Right, there's QB, there's one spot next to it, one running back, one spot. There was five offensive lineman spots, and that's not for the twenty twenty four recruiting cycle. That's for like now, like to get. Like the team ready uh, for the season, they weren't able to have a spring practice this year, and the reason given was because of of the weather. It was a really bad you know weather day that I think it was April seventh on a Friday, uh, but they only had seven scholarship offensive linemen. It's a lot, a lot like what Sark dealt with when he first got to Texas, where they weren't going to split it up and have a real true uh, game as well. They've been crushed by the the transfer portal, and they have seventeen guys coming over in the summer that they need to play, not just seventeen incoming true freshmen, but like seventeen portal guys. That they're going to need to be a real part of that defense. If you look at their top, you know, their depth chart right now, uh, at a place like ourlads.com, you know, there's just more holes than there are uh, fills because you just don't know what it's going to be. And so uh, Holgerson was hired for Houston to be in the position this year to come into the Big 12 and compete right away. Maybe not win a Big 12 championship, but to compete right away. You look at the roster, you look at the recent success, and you, you know, project them forward. I have a hard time finding seven wins, eight wins, much less you know nine or ten. I think it's more likely they miss a bowl game than they compete for a Big 12 championship. And that may cost Dana Holgerson the gig because he was brought in specifically to be ready for this move, which they're finally making after bang, you know, banging the drum for years to join the Big 12. Uh, and they will do so this year. Uh, and they will play Texas one yeah. time on Houston, yeah. Texas' and, way out. And they lost Alta McCaskill at running back. Yeah, that who, was the big one. the star of their show, probably going to go to well, Colorado. Yeah, you wonder if he realized, man, we're not going to be very good up front. Clayton Toon, the quarterback, is gone. No, he was in tears when he told Holgerson he was leaving. That was a... I mean, look, we've all been 20 before, you know, and, and most of us probably didn't come from a whole lot of money. Uh, somebody at 20 years old came and offered me six figures to go study psychology other place than UTSA, I probably would have taken it, you know. And so you know, these are still business. He, he, hurt his, he tore his ACL last year. Um, and so I, I think if you're someplace like Colorado, you can go, look, this is very fickle. 
You know, you, this may be the most earning opportunity that you have in your life. You have family that needs you, all this kind of stuff. Come play here and we can give you some money. And Houston simply uh, cannot keep up with that. And that's going to be Houston's biggest thing is you see the city of Houston and you think, well, they must have a lot of NIL money. Well, they've had college football fans kind of in purgatory for 25 years. And so they don't have the NIL. They don't have the support set up to pay all these guys money. They lost Alton pure and simple because of financial reasons. And do we know where he's going to go yet? Uh, he's going to go to Colorado, yeah, I imagine. Play for Deion Sanders. Seems like the place he's headed. Uh, I want to ask you one other thing, and, and we'll get to TCU and Texas Tech coming up uh, later in the show. But uh, I should say H- allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> on, well, uh, on Houston specifically, what were your thoughts when the uh, – because the Texans drafted Tank Dell. They traded up to t- take the wide receiver. A lot of Texans fans were wondering, well, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee was still on the board. Is that a smart move? What's your read on, on Tank and uh, the impact he can be in the pros? Yeah, if Dana Holgerson knows anything, it's inside receivers. I mean, that's what he was when he played for Hal Mummy. That's what he coached when he coached for Mike Leach. That's kind of his bread and butter. And he, he compares uh, Tank Dell to Tavon Austin. To Tavon Austin. Okay. You know, he thinks he's like the best slot receiver he's coached. It's either Tavon or Tank Dell. Those are pretty high words. You know, I think he's going to have a really solid year. I mean, it's going to be about the quarterback and how the quarterback can play there. But he'll be able to gobble up a lot of a lot of catches. He's unguardable in the slot. You put him on the outside and you can get physical with him. He's a very small, slender guy. So you can get physical with him when he's on the outside. But in the slot, when you can't jam him, he gets a free release. He's one of the quickest players I've ever covered. And interestingly, uh, you know, in the in the post draft analysis of the Texans, uh, there was a report that C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell formed a close bond at the combine. Like they met mm. at the combine, they were friends, and that it was um, maybe C.J. that said, "Hey, man, if you get a chance, go get Tank Dell." Uh, and you know, he is. He's unbelievably explosive out of the slot. He's undersized, but man, quick as a hiccup. And uh, he is a guy. You know, Houston has Robert Woods on the outside. They've got John Mechie, Noah Brown. They needed that guy in the slot uh, to really give C.J. Stroud. And, and remember, they signed Dalton Schultz as well from yep. the Cowboys as a free agent. So weapons for a young quarterback always important. He'll also help immediately in the punt return game. You think Clayton Toon can have a chance to have an NFL career? I do, I do. I think he's going to be he'll be one of those awesome backups that you don't hate gets into the into the game. You know, there's some backups that you just pray never get into the game. There's some backups that could come in there and, and win uh, a couple football games. I think Brock Purdy proved last year if you have the pieces around you and they don't ask you to do a whole lot, you know, a lot of guys can go win NFL football games. It's just nowadays we put so much on the quarterback it, it's hard to replace Aaron Rodgers with somebody who can't do that when you've built a whole team around having Aaron Rodgers. And so if he can find his situation where they're running the football, playing defense, and he can grow into it, He's got a whole lot of talent. Our TCU and Texas Tech to come in our overviews with Mike Craven on uh, the Big 12 teams and the teams from Texas that uh, you were an eyewitness to this spring. We'll have more of that coming up, plus David Pierce at 8.30. Coming next, though, it is Hot or Not with T.Y. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. We've been all over the place today on a buck off and buck on Thursday, fictional bars and restaurants. We had fun with that. We had a bit of a draft. I think our winners, Most Tavern from The Simpsons, Bada Bing from Sopranos. Cheers, of course. The Establishment was the name of the show. I always like the Drunken Clam from Family Guy. That's classic. Monk's Cafe in Seinfeld. You like Gem's Saloon in Deadwood. Love that show. That's a tremendous show. I never went went deep into Deadwood. I need. I know it looks tremendous. Yeah, movie. They did a movie that, that like happened ten years after the show ended, and it wasn't as great. But the actual show just just tremendous. Especially if you love that old kind of Western time. 
Yeah, that's uh, something I got to go revisit because it looks really good. I always like the uh, McDonald's and Richie Rich. Oh, yeah, McDonald's. You know, like he had that in his house, just somebody to make a McDonald's whenever he wanted to. I'm on the road a lot, so I eat McDonald's more than I'd like to admit. But uh, McDonald's in your house for like 1 o'clock in the morning, awesome. Do you have a go-to Mickey D's order or what? I'm a chicken nuggets guy. Chicken nuggets, barbecue sauce, and Dr. Pepper. The thing I like about McDonald's is the Dr. Pepper always tastes good. Sometimes you go to places and it's like, well, that Dr. Pepper stunk, and half the reason I stopped here was to get a fountain drink. Uh, With McDonald's, it's always good. Next time you're there, get a high C with no ice. I see no ice. Wags, Wags taught me that. That's that was a game changer. Well, I have one addiction left in my life, and it's Dr Pepper. I, yeah. So it's hard for me to like. I, I try not big. to waste any of my Dr Pepper opportunities. There you so. go. Uh, and I, I just don't do fast food. It's amazing. We ever have fast food conversations? It's, I always say if I do fast food, it's usually we're heading somewhere on a trip, and it's usually breakfast, like a egg McMuffin. Yeah, McDonald's, McDonald's breakfast. Is, McDonald's breakfast is good. It's magical. Well, that's yeah. the only reason I eat fast food. <laughs> about like, magical. Like I don't. I don't. I don't leave, leave my house on a Tuesday and go get McDonald's. Right. You know, you're, like you're on I the road. I get the road so much that it's like, that how, makes sense. how do you not? Yeah, and you can't stop and eat at a restaurant. You just need to keep yeah, moving. I get it. We don't, know, don't know, have enough time. I get that, and I understand it completely. I have a, a more stay around here lifestyle so I can eat at lunch at home and or le- bring my lunch, whatever I need to do. Uh, T.Y., what do you have for us in hot or not, my friend, outside of high, high, is high C? Is that orange? Is it red? What are we going it's, here? I like the orange high C. Okay. For, I'm not a fruit punch guy. But uh, yeah, great combo. Get a get a well, quarter pounder with some high, just because you get more of the drink and it, it's already cold anyways. Yeah, it doesn't get warm. I see, can't get warm. <laughs> is, is that, that right? It, I've never. You ever had hot <laughs> whole, uh, hot high C? It feels like it just stays at that weird kind of like not it's quite like a frozen, but it's like cold its own teacher. thermos. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. it's like the red stuff that's in a thermostat. Mercury. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, no ice in the high C. And then I had a question for y'all. You know, it's a slow day, um, but. I've seen some mock drafts for fantasy football starting to come out. Yes. And is B. John Robinson a top three pick in fantasy football this year? You know what? Um, I, th- I think maybe yes, but at the same time, they've got Tyler Algiers there. They've got Cordero Patterson. You've got to figure out how they're going to divvy up carries. He's, getting, he's starting off the bat. Well, of course he is. You don't take a guy eighth and not – got to make him the centerpiece of the offense, but they got other dudes. I would think top five for sure. But top three, I mean, look, I, I you know, we, we'll start looking into fantasy football when it gets closer. But I got to think, just off the top of my head, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a really high pick now that he's had a full offseason in San Francisco with, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan. They're going to build that offense around he and Debo Samuel, no doubt. They have quarterback issues, and but so early they're going to lean on on Christian. They acquired him last year in the middle of the season. I um, also, gosh. Jalen Hurts would have to be a really high pick. Yeah, but you don't take quarterbacks in the first round. Jalen Hurts won people leagues last year uh, big time because he scored so many touchdowns running. I mean, he scored 10 or 12 touchdowns on the ground in addition to all the touchdowns he threw and his rushing yards count. Jalen Hurts was a beast. I know that's not popular, but man, it's production. That's what that guy did. Uh, if you ever played against Jalen Hurts or in a game, you, you got whooped. Most weeks. And then he got hurt late in the year, which hurt some people right through the playoffs. I know that. But um, we'll run through that. But would I make Bijan a top five pick? Mike, you? Ooh, this is something about me. I don't play fantasy football. 
I don't play fantasy sports. I gamble so much on the games uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, the fantasy gets in my way. I have the same issue. You know, where it's like, I need Des Bryant to catch a touchdown, but I got the Cowboys minus three. You know what I mean? And well, that, so, it's For me, it's a kind of a, you know, you check it midweek, set your lineup, check it right before the game, make sure you don't have anyone that's injured, and then Monday morning, I'm like, did I win or not? It's yeah. not I'm in on, on so many of the games. I have enough action on it that I don't need to know what the running back's doing to make it interesting. Because I do think that's what fantasy football is, right? It's a way to make a bunch of games that may not be interesting if you don't have a rooting interest interesting. Uh, and, and, and that's great. And for me, gamble, too. And for me, my gambling just comes on the line, yeah. you know, rather than, than on the players. All right, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, the most, uh, the first pick. Justin Jefferson is a go-to receiver. Mm-hmm. And they, they had Jordan Addison in Minnesota. Uh, Cooper Cup's back. Uh, Austin Eckler's a name, but he's been in a bit of a dispute with the Chargers. And then Bijan. Got to like Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's a beast. Derrick Henry still, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's it's interesting. Becoming more and more receiver driven. Yeah, I was about to say. Just I, I haven't football. played in like five to ten years, and I the last time I played fantasy football, you took a running back for the first pick for like the first two rounds. Basically. Receivers are becoming more consistent with the catches. We'll yeah. come back. Be any on the horn. Coming to the Moody Center this fall, Aerosmith, Peace Out, The Farewell Tour with the Black Crows, October 23rd at the Moody Center. And the Horn has your chance to win tickets. Visit the contest page at hornfm.com to win a pair of tickets to The Farewell Show. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, Aerosmith and the Black Crows. Together at the Moody Center. Tickets on sale Friday, May 5th. And you can win yours now on the contest page at hornfm.com. Dr. Greg Eckert, folks, is uh, my dentist. He's Austin's dentist. Bucky as well, and so many folks, almost 30 years here in Central Texas uh, as Austin's dentist. But, man, the, the new opportunity for you is here, right? Oral hygiene's important. Whatever you do, general, you know, biannual trips into the dentist. He's the best for that uh, general care for you and your family. But if you want a new smile, and this is an opportunity that's come down the line here pretty recently, the ability to get a brand-new smile. In one day, one trip in. Doesn't take weeks, doesn't take uh, several trips in and spending time without teeth and all that goes into that. Uh, it is a one-time situation with the permanently secured dental implants with Dr. Greg Eckert. All you have to do is get in there and meet with him. If you have a smile that you're not confident in, you just don't like it, it's uh, you know you grind your teeth down like I have, or you've got pain when you eat, and any of those reasons, uh, that can change your life. It really can, because you go in with a smile that you're not confident in and don't like taking pictures and all of those things, and you come out with the smile that you've always dreamed of, and Dr. Eckert can get you there with his team, and it takes one trip in. I'm going to do some work with Doc Eckert this summer. As I've always said and revealed, I, I grind my teeth to have a mouthpiece that I now wear, but damage was done over the course of my life, and uh, so we're going to rebuild some of the stuff. Mine's a little smaller than the, the, the big ones that he does, but man, uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the new smile, and Dr. Eckert can do that for you as well. Uh, 345-3166 is the phone number, 512 345 Find them online and set up that easy consultation with the great people at Dr. Eckert Dentistry. Uh, go online, dreckert.com, and always remember, it's Eckert with a U, U-E-C-K-E-R-T.